0: Hey, everyone. This is Brian from the Tennis IQ Podcast. Josh and I hope that you are enjoying the content and discussions that we put out week after week. If you'd like to support the podcast and help us to continue to produce quality episodes, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tennis IQ Podcast slash membership. Currently, we have three tiers of support. The fan level at $3 per month, the supporter level at $7 per month, and the champion level at $20 per month. Benefits of joining the Tennis IQ podcast community include episode transcripts, participation in book club discussions, and access to monthly master classes with me and Josh. For more on these benefits of support, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com/slash tennis IQ slash membership. Thank you so much. And now, on to the show. <laughs>
1: welcome to the Tennis IQ
0: Podcast. I'm Josh Berger. And I'm Brian Lomax. And today, our topic is going to be comparing and contrasting a couple of different aspects of being a great competitor. Uh, The two things we want to talk about today are the desire to win or wanting to win, and the connection to playing to win. And we're going to look at each of these separately, but then also connect them in the end. when we think about being a great competitor or what it means to be competitive, having a strong desire to win is, is certainly a part of that. So when we go out on the court, there has to be this notion of, yes, I, I want to win this match. Um, and that gets challenged in various circumstances, and we'll, we'll go through that. Um, you know, and, and maybe that desire to win sometimes gets a little bit too big. Maybe we get a little too focused on winning um and so we wanted to understand what are the barriers to that and then we also want to understand what does it actually mean to play to win because we can have a strong desire to win but we don't always play to win and and so we'll look at the challenges of that and and actually what it means to play to win so to begin josh let's um let's get your thoughts on the desire to win what you feel its role is in being competitive and and perhaps some of the challenges that that you know maybe strike someone maybe that process of fighting and wanting to win what are some of the challenges that you see with that
1: yeah so i think when it, when i start to think about these two concepts um you know the the desire to win i think is you know g- generally for competitor you know for, for people that um, that take part in sports is pretty universal, right? I think generally when people play a sport, they they want to win. They have this desire to win. But I think the issue, you know, they have this desire to win. They have this des- desire to, um, to, to to be successful. And I think oftentimes we think of success as, you know, in, in those terms or in terms of winning. But I think the issue with that is that sometimes that gets prioritized at the expense of 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 other things. And I think, you know, when we think about, you know, playing to win, that is a lot more process-based. Playing to win is a lot more, okay, am I doing the right things? Do I have the right steps and the right process in place to, to play to win, to give myself the best chance to actually win, right? So, to me, it's, you know, we're comparing that, you know, okay, me being um, competitive with me being a great competitor, where playing to win is I'm doing all the things needed to be the best competitor and to actually give myself the best possible chance, right? In terms of my attitude, in terms of my effort, in terms of my preparation, in terms of a lot of these different factors and a lot of these different controllable factors, I would say, compared to just having that strong desire to win or wanting to win to be better than the person on the other side of the net, right? So to me, it's that difference between am i doing all of the things needed to give myself the best possible chance versus am i prioritizing that desire to win or feeling like i have to win i need to win and maybe the pressures associated with that
0: yeah so i think i agree that that wanting to win is sort of like an antecedent to the whole process if we were to draw say like a concept map of you know, winning a tennis match or, or being competitive, desire to win would be kind of closer to the top because it's it's a necessary thing to be there. and then then it comes down to how it gets translated into specific actions. and there are, of course, different circumstances in a match that can affect it. It might be affected by how you're playing that particular day. could be affected by your opponent, your opponent's behavior, maybe their level of play, uh, or even just their level. You may go into a match not believing you can win. Therefore, parts of the the desire to win maybe goes down. Maybe it's more of a, just a let's just see how good I can do kind of thing, and that's not so bad all the time. Um, so I think it's like a it's a nice high level thing that we need, and then again, it's about translating that into into action, as you just said. Sometimes the focus gets a little bit too much on the win part, which can lead to expectations of, of how you're performing, how you're playing, or how you need to play. Maybe you need to win this match based on, again, who you're playing. If you're playing someone who is um, perhaps not as good or you are supposedly supposed to beat this person, that can affect perhaps the desire to win for certain certain players and you know when when i think desire to win is affected negatively josh i think you know we start getting into what we would call maybe the tanking response which you know when we use that word it's very kind of the extreme but to me tanking is the response itself is more like when effort level goes down maybe we start trying to protect our self-esteem more Based on this performance, maybe we're setting ourselves up for some excuses that we can use when we come off the court to explain what happened. Uh, so in that yep. regard, you know, desire to win might might go down. Um, so, yeah, I think this is an important piece in, to understand that. Um, and pressure and expectations are can be a barrier for some. For others, you know, desire to win might always be there no matter what's going on. You know, you mentioned with yourself, Josh, that, um, you know, when you've been down in matches, your desire to win is not affected. You, you continue to fight and, and make the opponent you know, win the match to finish you off. Others, that doesn't always happen. They may just continue to do what they're doing. They're Yeah, they're not tanking severely, but they're also not really... Trying to solve problems or whatever, they're kind of just going through the motions, and and, and they finish the match. So I, I think you know, cultivating a strong desire to win is is important. Um, you know, another situation I see this with Josh is, and I think this is a barrier that all of us go through, is let's say you're playing someone who is perhaps considered to be a bit better than you, and on this particular day you're playing well. And let's say you get to four all in a set with that player. Sometimes you get satisfied. Yep. With that, and and so the desire to win actually goes down. Now you're thinking about hey six four that sounds respectable. And your opponent isn't thinking about six games. I mean, you isn't thinking about four games being great. They're 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 trying to get to six. You're kind of satisfied with four. So invariably, the end of the set will be 6-4. Right. Right. And so, you know, that's a common barrier is, is, is recognizing that, hey, it's for all. Let's, let's not be satisfied. Let's continue the fight and let's, let's be brave enough to see, you know, if I put myself on the line, what could happen in that situation. So I think that you know, desire to win is, is something we want to cultivate with players, and, and and playing to win is, is a way to do it. But desire to win, I think, is really important for us to, to not just assume we have it. Because we both just pointed out cases in which it kind of goes away. So any thoughts on how to help players make sure they've got that desire to win regardless of situation?
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to that desire to win... Um, and I agree that it's an important piece, but i i I think we need to dig into to why. to what you know what why is winning important to you? right? I, I think, um sometimes oftentimes people haven't necessarily thought that through fully it's it's almost just our default states well i'm playing tennis so i'm you know i'm I'm trying to win as as hard as i can okay great but but why 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 is that important to you why is it you know why is that something that's on your mind as you're playing right why why is that the goal ultimately um and, and that may sound very basic right we're as as athletes i think we're we're trained in a certain way that you know we, we want to win we're, we're trying to do whatever we can to win but I, I think for for each person their their reasons may be slightly different in terms of why winning is important um to them so i think starting starting there can be can be really important um and then i think there's different types of mindsets that we can start to think about when it when it comes to this concept as well i mean i think back to one of our earlier episodes um, with Will Beauregard, where he was talking about how um, he was playing in different types of professional tournaments, you know, uh, challenger tournaments, futures tournaments, and how his wife actually made a comment to him that he was very competitive, but not necessarily a great competitor. Um, really meaning that, you know, he had that strong desire to win. You know, he would think about winning. He would, you know, he'd be at the... um he'd be in matches or at practice or at his hotel and he'd be, you know, thinking about how badly he wanted it, but wasn't, you know, I, I think that the point of the, of his story was that, um, you know, at that moment wasn't necessarily doing all of the things necessary to be the best possible competitor, you know? Um, and I think, I think everybody can really ask themselves that, okay, you know, if I have that desire to win, which as we've talked about is an essential piece, am I doing all of the things needed to be the best possible competitor? Am I playing to win in terms of what I'm doing once I get on court, what, what I'm doing before I step on court and the preparation piece and the training that goes into a performance beforehand. Um, and I think there's, yeah, there are different perspectives we can start to think about as well. I mean, I think with the playing to win sort of pers- perspective, um, definitely more process-based. I think it's a lot more about, um, Competing, you know, competing, and trying to learn, trying to learn from every situation that you have when you're out there on the court. Um, I know we we had another episode um, where we talked to Christina Rolo and Dave Dahan, and Christina introduced this idea of everything is practice, um, an idea that that she's used with different ATP players, and um, and I think it, it really is the type of perspective that we can all apply, right? I mean, we, yes, we want to win. And, you know, we want to be doing everything that we can when we're on the court to help set us up for that. But we also want to take a long-term approach and understand that when we're out there on court, you know, what we do, you know, what we're doing um, in a particular match is ultimately practice. It's ultimately practice because there will be more matches and there will be other situations like this in the future, right? I mean, I, I think of actually a, a recent conversation I had um, with a player about, um their practice time um and you know maybe challenging situations that would happen during practice, you know, with other players and things like that. And really trying to get across this idea that um, everything is practice, right? You will experience other challenging situations like this, other challenging people in the future. So can we sort of broaden that perspective and understand that um, you know, how we handle each situation is you know, is ultimately practice. Is ultimately can ultimately be helpful for how we handle similar type situations in the, in the future, right? If a, an opponent is making bad line calls, how we handle that this time is great practice for the next time around. It'll be frustrating. It may not feel fair, um, may bring up other negative emotions, but that's practice for next time around. If you're playing a certain playing style, you know, a player who has a certain playing style that you don't love playing against, Okay, can we try to embrace that by understanding that that's practice because you will face other people with that same playing style in the future? So I think that everything is practice mentality or mindset can can absolutely apply here. And I think that really relates to playing to win because it's, you know, can we be in a place where we're trying to do everything that we can to win, right? We're focusing on our process. We're focusing on our how and trying to do everything possible, but ultimately once the day is over, once the match is over, we're learning from it. We're regrouping. We're, we're reflecting on it and we're understanding that this is one piece of the puzzle and that this is ultimately practice for, for future matches and future situations as well. So let's circle back a little bit because you asked the question
0: about why. Okay. Why do you want to play to win? Or why, why do you have this strong desire to win? And I think just kind of tie this up really neatly is you're talking about everything is practice okay why we have discussed many times about what is your purpose the why and and we have proposed as kind of a starter purpose that the why can be to become the best player you can become and if that can be your overarching goal or or reason for playing well that's that's why you want to win that's why you have to have strong desire to win because If it's about, you know, the other aspects of being a competitive player are are learning, seeing this whole thing as a process of learning, and then also enjoying competing. Um, Having a strong desire to win and playing to win leads to more learning, leads to more enjoyment. So if you have this overarching purpose of, I do want to become the best player I can become, then this process becomes a little bit easier to kind of interpret and put into action yes it's important for me to have a desire to win because it will help me to learn and i and it's obviously more enjoyable when you're playing to to be trying rather than than to not be um and it's you know so once you have that once you have your purpose and you can see everything is practice it's about making that connection between the desire and and how to do it And one challenging aspect of like when you don't have these concepts in mind is the difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. Because many of us do have a strong desire to win, but how it gets translated in a match is not always the right way. So, for example, the the player who is trying to close out a set and begins to change how they play because they're protecting their lead that's not playing to win anymore. That's that's playing, you know, not to lose. And everybody's, I think, felt that. I think that is also a very natural stage and, and you may always feel it at some point is when you're up and you're trying to finish the match. One of the major challenges of being a great tennis player is finishing matches. Um, you may feel this sense of of playing not to lose. And we were talking earlier, you see this in other sports team sports where one team has a lead and they sort of go into yeah they go into a shell. They start avoiding mistakes rather than continuing to do what they did. So when I think of playing to win, Josh, I agree it's a, it's a complete like process oriented thing. Everything is practice is a great way to kind of free you up to do it. But it's playing with positive intent. It's continuing to hit your shots the way you want to, it's continuing to do the things that your coach has asked you to do or your mental coach has asked you to do it's really doing the right thing having the courage to to play the right way to use your you know your discipline out there Where playing not to lose tends to look like you're being tentative and conservative and the result is that you know the quality of the pace and the spin of your ball drops and now your ball may be falling shorter in the court it's it's not as heavy Uh, Maybe everything is kind of in the middle, um, thus allowing your opponent to play better in that moment. So I think there's a key connection between, yes, I have a strong desire to win. Do I know how to translate that into playing to win? And as you said, a key mindset for that can be everything's practice, man. There's there's nothing really, truly terrible is going to happen here. Other than maybe you don't learn as much as you could because you didn't actually play to win. You just sort of prevented prevented losing. So the difficult part is, can you do all these right things regardless of the score? And that that's the challenge. It might be easy to do it first few games or middle of the set, harder to do it at the end of the set or end of a match, or, you know, obviously everybody's different, but can you notice how you're translating your strong desire to win into actual action? And is it, is it positive strides toward the result?
1: Totally, totally. No, I I think, and I I think you, you're bringing up a good point here in terms of, um, some of the, the key differences between playing to win and playing not to lose. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is something we see quite a bit um, at all levels, including at the professional level um, in terms of trying to close out a match. And we see this, I mean, you know, we can think about the Australian Open as examples, you know, where on the men's side, there were a number of matches um, of top players, of top players who uh, went down two sets. I think, um, you know, I, yeah, I think all four of the top four seeds at one point went down Went down two sets, including um, Yannick Center in the finals. Um, so you know, I, I think I think it demonstrates a couple of different things. But I think one of those things that it demonstrates, uh, because we also saw players coming back from two sets down, and on the women's side we saw different comebacks as well. But um, I think it shows that for everybody, it's hard to close out these matches. And I think there's a number of reasons why. I mean, I think it's it's generally um, you know I think that there's there's often at least two different factors at play, right? The player who's winning um, often has a lot more nerves, often is in that sort of loss aversion state of mind where, you know, they may have already taken that win almost for granted, right? So they're assuming they're going to win. They're up 5-2 or they're up 5-4 in the set or whatever it may be. And they think, okay, I've got this. And so they're, they almost have assumed that they're going to win the set, And in a certain way, they have nothing, they have nothing to gain where the other player is down and losing and in a certain way has nothing to lose. And oftentimes loosens up in that moment and starts, starts maybe going for their shots more, starts playing better, um, starts, you know, feeling more relaxed. And it's this interesting dynamic that often happens where one player is tightening up, one player is playing not to lose. And the other player is, you know, playing a lot more so to win and playing in a more, relaxed and free way um so I think there there's different yeah d- different dynamics like that at play and but I, I think for for most people you know that that sort of playing not to lose um I I, th- I think that it, that looks a lot more so like them stopping you know not going for their shots maybe not finishing their stroke um you know not doing the types of things that got them into that position. In the first place, and I agree that it, I probably everybody's been there. I know I have certainly been there. I think for me when i when I'm playing not to lose, i'm you know I'm more so yeah i'm I'm not really taking many risks. I'm not finishing my strokes in this in the way that I like. I often am not breathing the way that I want to. I think there's there's often a connection to my footwork as well. I think my footwork tends to to really slow down. I think I'm a lot more tentative in those moments rather than. Um, being aggressive with my strokes, being aggressive with my footwork as well, um, uh, taking ex- extra steps. So, um, no, I think, I think what, what can happen in those moments is when a player is ahead, um, uh, in a certain way, their desire to win decreases because it's almost taken for granted. Um, and it's assumed that okay, I, I should be winning, I'm supposed to win, I have to win this match, and that's that that's almost, that's, you know, taken for granted or that's kind of assumed at that time, rather than maintaining that strong desire, maintaining that strong desire and doing the types of things that are needed. I mean, I think, you know, to to me, the way that I see it is when a player is in that position, can we really be as aware of as possible? Can we be aware of why we're in that position in the first place? Can we be aware of what our opponent's weaknesses are that we can continue to Target. Can we be aware of what's been working throughout this match? Um, so really trying to be aware. Really trying to take you know take a calm, um, disciplined, methodical approach to each point, to what our strategy is going to look like, um, to what we're doing. You know, with our footwork and and some of these different pieces. Um, and I think you know if we can really um, go about things in more more of a process oriented way in that moment and think about really what we want to do while serving out a match at 5-4, for example, um, then it's a lot easier to, you know, we, we give ourselves a much better chance to actually do it.
0: Yeah. And I think in this situation, if we even made it more elemental, it's really about the difference between fear, you know, the, what you have to lose and can we shift that to an excitement so fear of losing versus excitement about creating a potentially positive result. Staying optimistic with that. And when we start to feel that fear or or we notice that we're not playing great anymore, we're getting tentative, or this could happen at any point in the match, it's really important to go back to your process, to go back to your routines, go back to your discipline, you know. Brian Johnson, who uh, has the site Heroic, people may know him also through his Philosopher's Notes, talks about like the worse you feel, the more you have to commit to your protocol. So what I think that means from a tennis player perspective is sort of the worse you're playing, the worse you're feeling, maybe the worse you're doing on the scoreboard, the more you have to commit to your process, to doing the right things, to sticking to your routine, to sticking to your your disciplined way of playing, going back to all of that and and trust it. This is what has made you successful in the past. Let's continue to get really good at at those things. But that's very hard because we're distracted by, by other things that take us out of our process, take us out of our protocol. Um, and if we can get more excited about what we're trying to do, bring it back to everything is practice, we're learning, we're improving. Um, can we have a different perspective instead of worrying about protecting our lead? Can we be more concerned with building the lead? That's something that, uh, very famous, uh, wrestler, Dan Gable always used to talk about, you know, whenever he was wrestling, it was, it was always about building the lead, building it up. He was never concerned with protecting his lead. He in fact hated coasting as a wrestler. He thought that was like a, something no wrestler should ever do. They should always.
1: Wasn't that, wasn't that when he his one he, loss? Wasn't one that loss when he was coached? a little bit,
0: yeah. Maybe got a little reckless on that. But
1: he only had one loss.
0: <laughs> he was like one hundred and fifty-five right. and one, <laughs> and and he won the gold medal in nineteen seventy-two without even having a point scored against him. And you know, so part of that is, hey, maybe the best defense is a great offense for yep. him. Um, and and he learned from that one loss about that. Maybe he was over aggressive. Uh, on this particular opponent but that might be a good way to look at it for a tennis player let's not worry about protecting the lead let's build this lead Um, let's get excited about that so the more we can look at shifting fear to excitement then i think it becomes easier to bring in play to win play to win becomes easier when you're excited to play more so than when you're fearing the potential negative result
1: Totally. I think that's the, the challenge or threat, you know, I I think that relates to the challenge or threat mindset, you know, am I able to view this as a challenge or as an opportunity in front of me, or am I thinking about it as a threat and what I could potentially lose from that situation. And I think in, um, when a player is trying to close out the match, um, you know, we want to get into that challenge mindset where it's like, okay, if, if everything is practice, this is a great opportunity for me to practice that skill of closing out a match. And then if I'm focused on that rather than I need to win this match, then I can focus on the how. I can focus on my process. I can focus on those tools that I need to do that, right? Okay, what do I want my routine to look like between every point? How do I want to be breathing? Um, What do I want my strategy piece to look like? What is my overarching, um, I guess, mentality of, you know, of how I want to play each point in terms of how aggressive I want to play and and that sort of thing. Um, But I think if we can get into that, you know, viewing it as a challenge or opportunity rather than a threat and something potentially being taken away from me, I think it's a lot easier to play in the way that people generally want to, you know, by going for their shots, by, you know, not being so focused on the score in those moments and more so just focusing on playing in the right way. Yeah. So I think just to maybe
0: summarize and wrap it up, Josh, you know, having a strong desire to win, obviously, is it's, it's a primary piece of this. It's an antecedent to everything else. You need that. And then the trick is to translate that into positive behaviors on the court that are actually in the service of creating a positive result and knowing that, hey, there are some challenges on that. So Um, if we can always maintain that strong desire to win and we always behave in such ways that show that, that that's true for us and and we play to win. So I think really, you know, good discussion. We'd love to hear if, if all of you have any questions on this particular topic, because it is important. And I think it, it often, uh, you know, we, we both see it as a challenge for everybody we work with. Uh, and it's, it's not easy. We see it at the pro level. And, and so the more that you can be working on this, understanding that connection between the two is, is super important to all of you becoming the best players that, that you can become. So that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. For more on today's episode, please check out the show notes. If you have any feedback or questions for the two of us, please email us at tennisiqpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the content that Josh and I discuss on the show, Please rate and review the podcast so other tennis enthusiasts can find it more easily. Additionally, to be notified of new episodes, please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, including YouTube. You can also check us out on Instagram. If you would like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tennis IQ podcast slash membership, where you can learn about the benefits of being part of the Tennis IQ podcast community. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon in our next episode.